Welcome to the Prosperity Perspective by DML, a conversation about how successful business owners invest their hard-earned money to preserve their wealth and what they might have done differently in hindsight. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Today, we are joined by Jeremy Newsom, who is a financial guru and uh, excited for him to share a little bit about his perspective and his framework with us today. So, uh, Jeremy, you mind introducing yourself to the audience? Liam, I, I got scared when you said financial guru. I was like, who's he talking about? <laughs> um, my name is Jeremy Alexander Newsom. I escaped a cult at the age of 24. I became a liquid millionaire by 26. I lost it all three separate times from three separate crazy accidents and incidences. And currently, I teach future world leaders on how to create wealth, both current and for their future generations using the stock market. Wow. So many different parts to dive into with that <laughs> intro. Where to begin? That's a lot. Um, <laughs> What's the 30-second version of uh, getting away from a cult? I grew up in Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, I started there from essentially zero. And it's a heavy one, man. That's There's a lot there to unpack. But I did get out at 24. And uh, my mom stayed in it for another... Well, she's still kind of in it. But maybe I'm working on getting her out of it, at, hopefully, at some point. But yeah, that was it's, it's hard, man. Like that's uh, You grow up differently right? You're estranged. You're not really supposed to go to college, spend time with individuals. You're really, really stuck in a corner by yourself. And that wasn't really thriving for me. That wasn't part of my personality. And so it just held me back for a long time. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, it's interesting on the marketing side, I'm learning about the ideology of cults um, yeah. because there's so many really things they do really, really well that tap into human nature that are uh, really exciting when your mission and your vision are strong, right? To bring people in, which uh, is fascinating uh, in terms of how it's done. But it's true. Um, it's true. Liquid millionaire in two years. How did that happen? Well, so when I was 20, I actually raised a bunch of capital um, because I learned how to trade at an early age. Got super, super lucky, kind of, um, buying some silver when it started running up. And I grew my 401k pretty substantially, um, about 30% in a month, four months straight. So I doubled my money pretty quickly. I was like, wow, this is crazy. I'm a genius. Uh, I was going to school for finance at the University of Florida. And that was my credentials. I told everyone, hey, look how smart I am. I'm the golden boy, blah, 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 all the things. And I went around to friends and family and said, hey, let me trade your money for you. And I'll give you, a, I guarantee you, I'll give you a 36% return in a year. And I won't even get paid until I make more than that. And then I'll take 25% of everything above 36%. So it was like a essentially no brainer for them. Uh, and you know, you know how the story ends, obviously. <laughs> but uh, that was how I got started. returns, Jeremy. How'd you get oh, there? Dude, amazing. So I took the, uh, I eventually had $400,000 of capital that I had available to trade with. I didn't pool the money, not that it probably would have mattered, but I just logged into their accounts. And there is something in the stock market called margin. And it is a terribly scary thing if you don't know what you're doing and a really, really cool thing if you do know what you're doing. And it's very rare that most people know what they're doing good enough to use margin. I did not. But my story was I took $400,000 and I margined it. So I would buy stocks at the time. I would go all in on Apple, 
Microsoft, Adobe, really boring companies, Scott's Miracle Grow, Caterpillar, things that I knew weren't going to go anywhere. I knew they're going to go higher over long term. And I would take all of the money, I would margin it, which you get two times buying power. I would buy all of one stock and then I would do a covered call. So a covered call is a strategy that I love to this day. It's my top two favorite strategies, but it's where you rent out your stocks. And that rent literally brings in cash flow. So you get paid money to either wait and not sell or wait and sell, but you get paid either way. Stock goes up, down, or sideways. You still make your rent money. So I would rent out the stock. And if it went higher, I would end up making 13, 14% return minimum on a weekly basis. And I would just repeat that process over and over and over and over and over again until it grew to 1.2 million. And, uh, and then I lost it all. <laughs> so that's what happened after. Did yeah. you go to a different strategy? Is that what? Uh... Of course. How'd you know, dude? <laughs> it's a very common uh, thing for beginners to do that in any, uh, any space. I know you're a real estate expert, but if, if someone starts flipping houses and they have really, really good success with eight houses, their ninth house, they'll go, okay, I'll go do a land deal and do a new construction. Team, it's a whole different ball game now, right? There's a whole different strategy. Doesn't mean it's a bad thing to explore, but don't do it with all of your money like I did. Don't do that. That's a bad mistake. Definitely don't do it on margin. That's also a worse mistake. And uh, so by margin, meaning don't do it on with money that's not yours. Definitely don't do it on money that's not yours that you can't afford to lose. <laughs> and don't do it without with less than a year to two years of experience. Now, if you spend 10 years in the industry and you want to use a little bit of margin, you want to use other people's money to amplify something, great. You know the risks and you probably calculate and you probably know the understanding and you've probably done the experience and you, you have the battle scars at this point. But that would be an example of just totally switching strategy, even in real estate. And it, uh, it can burn you if you don't do it cautiously. So when you were in your, your uh, bread and butter strategy, uh, stable stocks, covered calls, uh, printing money, things were going great. What was your strategic framework of how you thought about what to do with your cash flow or profit that you were bringing in? Did you, you know, dump it right back in and follow your own investment advice? Did you, you know, go and buy a fancy car, a nice house? Like, what were the things that were on your mind as you uh, started to reach profitability for the first time? Yeah, man. So full disclosure, I was twenty one. Um, so the mistakes I made were 21-year-old mistakes. <laughs> but I will tell you, uh, I bought a little bit of everything. I did I did pull some money out. This is usually the part I don't tell, but I did pull some money out. I sent my dad on some really nice extravagant trips. I bought him a nice camera because at the time he was retired. Most of that money was his money. So over a little over hundred thousand dollars, that four hundred thousand was his. So I I was making some money. I wasn't a total moron. But I did pull money out, um, sent him on a trip to Istanbul and Puerto Rico, the two places he wanted to go, bought him some really nice camera equipment. And I did buy a house. Uh, I bought a condo. Um, is that a house? Yeah. Two bedroom, two bath, super small condo uh, in Gainesville, Florida. It was, this was 2010-ish, 2008, 2009, 2010. So this is my first, first home buy ever. I was, you know, again, 21 and I, uh, I bought it in cash. So that was it. I just, boom, bought the whole, whole condo. It was only like 60,000 and some change, 65,000, I think. 
bought it and lived in there for a while. Um, and that was the smart things. The bad, dumb things was I started walking around my job, which I worked at Nationwide Insurance at the time, eating crab legs and blackberries, wearing suits from Dumb and Dumber. Uh, the, the orange and blue suits. You remember that scene? I wore, I bought those suits. I was eating crab legs and blackberries walking around the call center, um, essentially showing off. I would go to the bars. I would buy rounds of shots for everyone. I did all the stupid things that you expect a 21-year-old semi-drunk alcoholic college student to do who's in a cult and doesn't know what else to do now to express himself and get love and get affection and get admiration. But I did all those dumb things. And um, I, looking back, it, it makes sense, right? People want to spend money when they make money, or at least they should. And it, it's all about how you spend that cash flow and what you buy and how you buy, which will set up, set you up for the rest of your life. So as you fast forward, right, um, playing dumb and dumber crab legs around the office, uh, eventually lose it. I assume you make it again. Um that second go around, kind of what did you learn and kind of what did you do differently as you started making money? So the second go around, um, I learned about how much money is out there because when I lost it, uh, I started talking to other people and asking how to get money. And it's really interesting to learn that the different questions will change the different dynamics of your life because I had to promise everyone, well, I didn't have to, but I decided that everyone, including my dad, I would pay them back and I would still give them their interest, except it wasn't yearly, it was overall. So I still took the 400,000 and said, all right, I'm going to pay everyone back with interest. I'm going to pay you back $480,000 over 10 years. And that came out to $4,000 a month. So I asked the question, how do I make $4,000 a month? Very specific question. You get very specific answers. So I, I was at work and that was a little more than I made at work. So I started working overtime. I started doing some other things and wouldn't know it, started making $4,000 a month because I asked that every day, every week. Fun fact though, that was all of my expenses. So I had no money to eat or pay rent. So that only lasted three or four months before I realized, wait a minute, I need to ask a different question. Okay, how can I make $6,000 a month? So not only can I pay people back, but I can also eat and pay rent. Three or four months, made $6,000. I was like, wow, this is crazy. Can I do 10? Can I do 12? And while I was, the reason and the way I was doing this was work, right? I was pouring into myself and developing my skills as a human, AKA soft skills, right? Sales, conversation, how to interact with people. And I was just taking second grade math and asking myself, if I need to make $10,000 a month, how many policies of insurance do I either need to sell, provide, give? How many hours do I need to work? How many overtime do I need to like I just sat down, break down the numbers. And then I would go hit those numbers. And I started doing that pretty successfully and buying really, really good assets at that time. And so again, this is like 2012-ish at this stage. And uh it just slowly started snowballing and it still it slowly started working. I was able to start paying some people back. Um, I was doing the whole, whatever I could do to get money, cash advance loans, pulling money off of my credit card, totally pulling out all of my 401k. But the more you start poking at the bear of how much money is out there and how can I get it? You start getting some really interesting answers. So as you continued to build, 
right? And you're finding these ways of different pockets of money in the market. Mm How do you go after and kind of get that money for yourself to go do, you know, your investing? And then, you know, as you made more money, where, where'd you put it? I unfortunately didn't give myself any money at all and really at all until I was probably 28 ish. I wouldn't necessarily recommend that because what it does is it teaches you a very um, negative subconscious lesson lesson. And that lesson is other people are more important than you are. There's a very famous book, The Richest Man in Babylon. I read it when I was nine and I've read it many times since then. And one of the very, very first rules he says is pay yourself first. This is what most people do incorrectly. They just skip over that. They go, I got employees. I got accountants. I'm going to make sure everyone eats. And then I'm going to eat at very last if, if there's money left over. I'm not going to focus on me because that is selfish. When I was 28, I learned a different word. I learned a word called self-full. If you are full, then you can truly give. If you were selfish, you're only giving to yourself and you're not giving to anyone else. That's greed. Greed greed is a state of the soul. Greed is an amount of money that can never quench your thirst. You will never be happy. You will never be content. You will never be pleased with anything. And you will never give money to anyone else if you're greedy. If you are selfful, you are filling up yourself first and being able to give the best and highest version of yourself. I did not do that for a very long time. And all the money that I made went right back to all the investors, all the people that I had to pay off. And uh, it it put a really negative effect on me because I was doing all this work. Now let's talk, let's talk about The Shining with Jack Nicholson, right? All the work, uh, never getting paid myself makes you very angry. And I didn't know all this. It was happening deep, deep, deep in my subconscious, but I was drinking to numb the pain. I was doing drugs to avoid the confrontations, like I was just getting into a, a spiral of, I'm not worthy. I don't have any value. I'm not good enough. And I'm not saying all of that changed when I made the, the pivot of realizing my own value, but a lot of it did. And when I, when I did start to go, okay, every dollar that I make, the first thing I'm going to do is starting to pay myself and then give money to other people. Game changing, game changing. What was the catalyst for you? Typically, in my experience, there's some sort of event or there's a rock bottom or something that happens, right? That uh, uh, to get out of where you were and to change human behavior is really, really tough. Um, yeah. And so, you know, what what was that catalyst and how did you propel yourself on that? Uh, I see those books back there. I'm like, how, how's my, how's my man know this? <laughs> <laughs> so if you're listening in, you probably can't see, but uh, if you're watching, I got my guys got some of those books back there about the the psychology of the mind. I mean, I see Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I see a few others that are really, really talking about those mental shifts because there's only two ways that people change: going after pleasure or avoiding pain. And the rock bottom for me, dog, I can can taste those rocks in my mouth. Like I know what it was like. I know what it feels like. I know exactly what that rock looks like. I can picture myself being there any moment. And I still get goosebumps when I think about it because my rock bottom was my best friend and business partner, Donovan Newsom, dying in a boating accident when I was 28 years old. And he was also one of my money catalysts because at the when he was born, he was born premature. The hospital nurse accidentally spent spilt boiling water on him, burning half of his body. So my parents and his parents sued the hospital. 
uh, they got a settlement. They took that settlement, which was relatively large, and put it into an annuity no one knew about for 21 years. When he was 21, I was 24. I was three years his senior. He's my nephew, my sister's kid. Um, I grew up with him my whole life. He's my best friend. We talked every single day. We spent every single day together since I was three and he was zero. And we use a lot of that annuity money to start buying assets, real estate, businesses, farm, land, uh, all kinds of you know different stocks, all kinds of different things we were learning about. And I also, during this time, was getting sued. One of the reasons I was getting sued is because all the stock market education that I learned from 20 to 25-ish, 24-ish, was I was like, well, I'm going to just teach everyone for free so that no one has to go through this. I'm going to put all my content out there for the world totally for free so that no one has to go through the pain that I went through in that five-year span to learn this. Well, I got sued by some companies that weren't very happy with me giving out secret confidential trade secrets for free, right? They, that was, I'm ruining their business now because that's how they make money. Well, I learned how to make money and I learned how it works. And now I have millions of dollars in access capital liquid with my, with my nephew's uh, annuity. So since I was getting sued, everything was in his name. And when he dies at the age of 25, me 28, everything uh, disappeared, essentially going to his mother. I'm not going to go into that part of the conversation, but it was a situation where it had, that was the second time. Sorry, th this was the third time. This was the final straw. The second time was the lawsuit. The first time was me losing the money in 2010. And the, this was the straw that broke the camel's back and so I said, something has to change. I'm attracting too much negativity. I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but I'm doing it all the time <laughs> in a big way. I need to create a change. His mom was, is your sister. Yeah. Yep. Older sister, I imagine, by older sister. Bargain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. yep. Fun family dynamics there. <laughs> um, so as you are now where you are and you rebuilt, right? And you talked about, you know, cash flowing. Um, using cash flow to buy assets. You know, what what's the most exciting thing that you're working on today? Oh, that's a heavy question. Um the most exciting thing, I would say I'm working on a program. It's a 90-day program that takes people from learning nothing at all to being uh fully proficient in the stock market. That doesn't sound special, but it's about to. At the end of this program, I'll actually give them the money to trade with, right? So being part of the program, I'll give them access to $100,000 to trade with. If they can take that $100,000 and make a 10% return in any time frame, the money becomes real. And then we do a 75-25 split with them. That's game-changing, by the way. Game-changing. No one's doing that on earth. And my big goal is to take that exact program and go to countries with it. So when I said future world leaders, I want to go to presidents of nations. I want to go to governors. I want to go to senators. I want to go to the really, really high level, start working my way down to say, listen, can you send individuals of your community, of your cities, of your country, of certain portions or populations of where you're at and give them a tool to become financially literate? Give them an opportunity to not only have a job, but increase their income by a factor of five. 
And that income increase would provide more mindset shifts in your nation, it would provide more taxpayer dollars because they're making more money. So they're able to pay more in taxes. They're able to buy more things. It's a really, really beautiful circulation of economy. And my goal is to offer that to different countries, right? Honduras, Haiti, um, part, parts of the US as well, parts of other countries, parts of other places that this can happen. And I, that all started with just a little bit of a bigger vision and working on some resources and pulling the right people together and just keep saying weird, scary things out loud. But no one's doing that. No one's ever thought about that ever. Everyone who does trading education does it for themselves. They want to make money for me and so that I can make money and I live a great life. My version of the world is if, I, if enough people are educated and they have the internet, they can have income. If you have the internet and you have income and you're educated, the world starts changing and you start making very powerful and positive shifts in the nations. So when you, you said the money becomes real from a execution standpoint, I imagine that there's some sort of training module where they've got, you know, a hundred thousand of, uh, uh, we'll call it Jeremy bucks, uh, mm-hmm. that they need to prove that they can, uh, have a return so then they get they get to tap into a pool where they get real dollars and then there's a split associated with said real dollars if they you know prove themselves along the way essentially bingo you nailed it and the uh the jeremy bucks as you called it i like that name but it's it's a it's the same account so nothing changes other than their login right so the exact same platform they've learned everything on this platform it's a native platform again this is the 90-day process so it's not like I know that it's not going to have a hundred percent completion rate. I realize that, but if it can have a 25% success rate, right? There's a very popular statistic that 99% of people who day trade fail. Well, I like to say that 99% of people who try anything fail. Number one, so it doesn't matter what it is. It could be real estate. It could be tennis. It could be professional golfing. It could be right. Anything to a high level, to a level that you can get paid enough to make a salary or a livable wage. 99% of people will fail that. But on that aspect, the simulated account just gives them a safer environment to practice in. And you're absolutely right. Once that, that simulated account is proven that they can follow the rules, that they can trade successfully, that they can make money, if we can have a 25% success rate at the end of these 90 days. Dude, at scale, that's, that's insane. Absolutely insane. How did uh, how did you land on the vision to kind of help these other countries or the you know people who are missing people who are missing financial education as one right that's anywhere and everywhere um, yeah. see it every day right but uh, you know obviously a, a bent to other countries is a, a different spin on that right how did you land there a lot of traveling was one of it um, just seeing. Seeing the the zeal and the excitement that other citizens and other countries have, the opportunity in America is unparalleled. Um, this is obviously going to be the first place that I start. It's here, and if that model works, it's a little bit hard to get to the president of the U.S. versus the president of some other countries, uh, in my opinion, at least. But the way I really landed on it was was a mastermind that I'm a part of. I didn't fully have that vision until I started partnering with another real estate developer. Her name is Brittany Turner, and she owns a company called Aerial Development. If you're ever interested, I'd be happy to hook you guys up for an interview as well. But uh, Brittany Turner is a business partner of mine and one of my best friends. Uh, My wife is actually at a conference that she's a part of as well this week. And 
her goal is to provide infrastructure and assistance and help and really tangible, amazing changes and opportunities in developing nations. I didn't really have that idea. I didn't really know that that was a thing. I didn't know that people could really do that other than a small ministry or a small group go to a, another country, maybe dig wells or something. But I didn't think that I didn't think that they could make actual infrastructure changes. I didn't think that was even possible. So it was spending time around people who thought bigger than me because I have, I've thought very small with an extremely scarcity mindset until I was 24. And really from 24 to 28 too, that was still a lot of self-development. So I tell a lot of people that I'm, I'm really in the uh, excommunication world, the Jehovah's Witness world, I'm really six years old because I'm learning stuff for the first time, a lot of things for only the last six or seven years, very, very short period of time. So hearing and speaking with someone who is smarter than me, brighter than me, has, has more experience, more wisdom, more knowledge than this earth longer, um, and just overall better person in general, uh, that, that allowed me to kind of like take her vision and apply it to what I always wanted to do. Because when I was 24, I knew after I started making a little bit of money and, and figuring it out, I just want to give money away to people to let them trade with it for free. I was like, here you go. Here's $3,000. Enjoy. I, I, I wish you the best. And I had a business partner in a business discussion with him. He was like, hey, that's probably not the best way to do it is just give money away for free. Then you have an unsecured loan. You have all these challenges and you, you got whatever. It's not the best way to do business. Let's figure out a way to make it not only a profitable endeavor, but that. And that's been a 10-year process to figure out the logistics because the mind and the approach has always been there. But figuring out the actual buttons and how to make it work, that's that's been a tr- fun challenge. And it finally has come to fruition in the last few months. It's fascinating. The entire journey, Jeremy, that you've been through is, uh, is fascinating. It's cool to see, you know, what you've learned and, uh, you know, where you've gotten to where you're at. Um, as we're wrapping up here, Jeremy, what's the best way for the audience to be able to connect back with you? The absolute best way is just track me down on any social media platform that you like. I'm on all of them. My first name is spelled with two R's. So it's Jeremy, J-E-R-R-E-M-Y. My dad's name was Jerry. So that stands for Jerry and me. That was, that was my mom's gift. <laughs> Thanks mom. Nice. Jeremy Newsome, jeremynewsome.com, uh, any social media outlet, Jeremy Newsome, you can find me, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all the things. And my stock market education program is called Real Life Trading. And again, all the education is still free. There are things you can pay for. There are experiences you can pay for, but the education, the foundation Totally available, totally complimentary for anyone who wants access to it anywhere in the world. Awesome, Jeremy. Really appreciate your time today. My pleasure, big guy. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on The Prosperity Perspective. If you'd like to subscribe to our podcast, please head over to theprosperityperspective.com where you can hear from other successful business owners on their approach to investments. On our website, you'll be able to learn more about how DML Capital currently helps other business owners like yourself, diversify their investments and grow their wealth. Take our short quiz to see if you're ready to take the next steps toward your financial success. 